In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today we're going to look at the story from a perspective of we're the one that was uh, beaten on the road and left half dead. And so who is the Good Samaritan? We see in this interpretation of this, uh, these verses that Christ is the Good Samaritan. It says he came down to the one. Coming down, Christ came down from heaven to save us. He could not stand our condition, being overcome by the evil one. He came and gave his life so that we would have life. He became poor so we could become rich. He became a servant so we become his children. Christ came down to us, beaten, uh, caught in our sins, overwhelmed by the threat of death. Christ came to us, came down. You know, it's, we kind of, I think, kind of take that for granted, but it's God himself who left his throne, emptied himself to become a servant for our sakes. He came down to be with us. I don't like the masks. I can't tell whether you're doing what you're, so maybe nod your heads if you agree or something. And he has compassion on us. He comes to heal us, to unite us to himself, to give us life eternal. And it says he bound the wounds, put on a garment, put his garment on them and bound the wounds. We see this as the garment placed upon us is the garment of baptism, where we're united to Christ. He came down from heaven and in our baptism united himself to us so that we could become like him in all things. And then he puts oil on us, the oil of chrism. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And then he gives us the wine, his body and his blood. You know, again, we get to the point sometimes in our lives where these things are taken for granted. We should never do this. We should never do this. The idea that Christ in our baptism, in baptism, united himself to us, that God lives in you, the creator of the universe, the creator and sustainer of the universe lives in you and imparts to you his grace, the grace of his holy energy so that you can become like him. He seals you with the Holy Spirit the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who's in all places and fill all things. You know, St. Seraphim says, you know where the, the, the favorite place of the Holy Spirit to dwell, you know where it is? In you. His favorite place. In you. He sustains and fills the entire universe. The Holy Spirit's favorite place is in you. And then he sets him on his beast. The church interprets this as Christ carries you. 
Christ comes to you. In your time of need, in your fallenness, in your beaten on the side of the road time, and he puts you on his back. And he carries you. He puts you on the beast. His own back to carry you, to heal you. And then he says he takes them to the inn, which is the church. He, he brings you here. Brings you to the church so that you can then participate in, in the sacramental life so that you can be touched and healed. So then it becomes our responsibility as people in the church to take care of each other. It's not just the church, you're the church. And you were called to care for each other. So this is a, a beautiful way to look at this passage, I think. So us, how do we care for each other? I'm going to take a little side trip here. Um, I've been affected by this prayer to Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. You know, we're called in this time uh, in our world uh, a time of confusion, a time of uh, disunity, a time of division, a time of uh, controversy, a time where we're at odds with others, politically, socially, maybe even morally, whatever the issue is, we find ourselves, I believe, in a time where we're struggling to find unity with one another in this world. So, I was, several uh, months ago, I started reading some of the Old Testament in Daniel, and Daniel uh, shares uh, this moment where the three holy children were in the fire. And uh, Esariah, or Mishael, uh, says this prayer to God. These are the holy ones of Israel, the holy children of Israel. This is uh, some, of the, some of his prayer. They're going to the fire not knowing whether they're, they're going to live or die. You are righteous in all you did for us. They're speaking for the nation of Israel. And all your works are true, your ways are upright, and your judgments are true. For we sinned and acted lawlessly. We. We. It's not they sinned and acted lawlessly, and I'm being punished for their sins. No, Azariah's words were, we sinned. And departed from you, we sinned in every way and did not obey commandments that it might go well with us. We did not withdraw, you did not, with, do not, do not withdraw your mercy from us. We are humbled in all the earth today because of our sins, our sins. At this time, there is no prince, no prophet, no leader to save us. Yet, with a contrite soul and a humble spirit, May we receive mercy. Deal with us according to your kindness. Deliver us by your wondrous works. What a powerful prayer. 
Ezariah is begging God to forgive all of Israel for their sins. A we. Can we not step in that direction with the trouble that we find ourselves in in this world? Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. We have sinned. You know, we get into this place where we point fingers back and forth. Democrats, Republicans, the, the COVID is a hoax. The COVID is real. It's like back, we're all over the place with this. We have, we have messed up. We. You know, I've got my share in it. You've got your share in it. Our prayer should, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. This is a powerful prayer, the prayer of Zariah. And you know what God did in that prayer? He delivered, eventually, Israel from Babylon. But it was because of this prayer. This prayer, Lord, have mercy on us, beloved. How can we be Samaritans, good Samaritans? We can beg God to have mercy on us, on the, on the trouble that we, as humanity, find ourselves in. Not pointing fingers, not going back and forth, but getting on our knees and begging God with a broken and a contrite heart to be merciful to us. Uh, it's, it's, it has saving my soul. <laughs> because you know what happens when you start getting into that thing? Well, uh, well uh, have mercy on them. Have mercy on them. The ones that are wrong. The ones that don't agree with me. Have mercy on them. That's not good. You know what that does. You know, it's us. We need to find our way to attach ourselves to each other in every circumstance. Whether we agree or disagree, we have sinned, Lord, have mercy on us. So I believe, beloved, this is the way we can proceed forward with a broken the contrite heart before God, asking him to be merciful to the human race, to our country, to the churches, to this church, to my family. But us, beloved, us, we have to step into that, that word and understand what it is. So, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. Amen.